It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hi, and welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Chaloner, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. Real Talk listeners, you heard her last week, Darcy Razzo. She was so fun and so informative and my new best friend that I had to bring her back. She's here for a part two. Say hi, Darcy. Hi, and thank you for having me back. That's very sweet. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I just I appreciated and enjoyed my time with you last week, and so... Um, this week, I want you to speak from your years of experience. For those of you who might have missed the interview, you know you can always go to Real Talk Prescott. Just Google that and you'll find uh, Darcy's interview. But um, she has 25 years experience, her and her husband, as foster and adoptive parents. Adopted nine, have 11 children, and she's still going strong, still have kiddos in the home, and worked for... Well, you name it. She's done it. DCS, <laughs> all of them. Been a licensing worker and over 200 and 60. Over 260 kids yeah. in her heart and in her home, you guys. So we're going to sit at her feet a moment and learn a little bit more. Darcy, uh, put your old licensing hat on okay. and help some of my maybe new foster parents who are either considering jumping in. Mm-hmm or are on their first kiddo and are pulling their hair out, not necessarily with the child, but maybe with DCS. Right. <laughs> hmm. Help yes. us, uh, help us, uh, and give some encouragement, maybe. The first thing I would say is that this adventure, this journey that you have started on is definitely worth whatever the heartache, headache, frustrations, um, these, these children and families are worth it. And, um, the amount of growth that you will get, um, through your experiences yeah. just gets built upon and built upon and, and you find yourself recalling, oh, I remember when this happened and then this is what yeah. I did, or this is how, how I need to navigate. Uh, the mm-hmm. other piece of advice I think I would say is, get involved in your case. Yeah. If, if you're doing this, go to the foster care review boards, go to the courts, be involved in the CFTs mm-hmm. because in t- child and family team meetings, sorry. Yeah. Um, if you, if you get yourself out there and you get involved, the more you know, the easier it is to understand what's mm-hmm. happening. Okay. Ooh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. How about fears? As a former recruiter, I would sit with you know, doughy-eyed parents, all excited, but there were always pretty legitimate fears, mm-hmm. at least, you know, they thought they were, and speak to maybe some of those fears that maybe maybe come true or maybe not. Right. Yeah. I think probably the biggest fear that I hear, that, that I've heard throughout, whether yeah. it was um, as a CASAR or a, or a DCS worker, and especially as a licensing um, worker, were what if we run into the biological family in the community? Yes. What what happens? Yep, I heard um, that one too. Yeah, there's always the how do I interact and what do, what's appropriate and what's mm-hmm. not appropriate and um, do I let them talk to the child? Right. And what if they kidnap the child? And yes. Those are all, I mean, very real concerns. Yeah. You know, you feel uh, you have an obligation. You're mm-hmm. caring for a child and, you know, there's... there's um, rules that DCS has and we have to protect them and that kind of stuff. Right. So I would say that, that acknowledging that, that those could 
happen are probably the best preventative to a circumstance when it does. Mm-hmm. Um, these are parents and children. And um, so if you come across a, a parent in a, in a store in the community, then you allow that contact to take place and yeah. you're supportive and it's good to see you. And, you know, we, we're here buying, you know, new shoes or whatever right. it is that you're doing. You just engage with people like you would engage with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid that something happened. Right. Um, then you, you're not going to want to put the child first in harm's way or yourself. Um, and then you will just reach out to local law enforcement and that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. But I have to tell you, in all of my years doing 25 this, of them, 25 <laughs> of them, um, I have run into one biological parent right. and it was post-adoption. So, wow. and that's it. Yeah. That, in all of every hundred times we go to Walmart a month yes, and living in a small wherever town. we go yeah one time have I wow. ever done it so yeah. it is real I'm not minimizing it it's right. something to think about mm-hmm. and it's but prepare yourself how am I going to handle this how am I you want the experience to be the best for the child yes yes oh that's good advice very good advice tell us in your vast knowledge wisdom <laughs> and experience what makes a good foster parent is there such a thing? I mean, I think that what are the qualities or the qualities? Um, I think that the, the very top quality that yeah. you that you can bring to the table is your desire to serve other people. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You have to. You have to. You have to recognize that you're part of a bigger picture yes and if your heart i i would tell folks this all the time when i licensed or certified them to adopt yeah. it is okay if your goal is adoption it yeah. is okay mm-hmm. that is fine but we need to be matching you with children who don't have a reunification case plan right so if your desire is to adopt then please work with your licensing agency to get folk, there's plenty of children, plenty oh, of children yes. available in the state of Arizona. Yes, go to, to connectonenow.org. There you go. <laughs> um, lots of them. But if you want to foster and your heart is to serve yeah. and help other people, that's the number one. It, you know, all the rest of the pieces can kind of fall into place yes. a little bit. It doesn't matter if you have a great big house or not or right. you know if you have animals or you don't yes the rest of the stuff can kind of fall into place if your goal truly is to help serve other people mm. then you will have that opportunity that certainly and unfortunately the need for foster parents is enormous yes. um, because the need to help children and families um, continues to grow yeah yeah that's so true that's that is such a great piece of advice Darcy, because I think with the families that I engage with, the ones who kind of just do one and done, I think a big piece of that is they didn't realize how self-sacrificing it is. Indeed. You know, it really, truly is all about the child and feels like it's a lot about the bio parents who Mm -hmm. are struggling and all these resources are poured into them and they still have a huge say in their child's life. Absolutely. Even though you're raising their child. Right. You feel as a foster parent, sometimes you, you're supposed to advocate, but you're not listened to, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. Right. I think a big piece of 
of why we get burnout in our in our younger, well, not younger, but our foster families who are just starting out is because they didn't realize it really is nothing to do with them. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. Exa- I know. I, I'd like to say it a different way, I, but... But that's the reality. Yeah. It, it really is. You're serving. You probably have the biggest... You don't probably have. You have the biggest responsibility yeah. in this whole system. Yes. Caring for traumatized children. Yes. And the demand on yourself and your family, your children is extraordinary. It is. And support systems are enormous. Yeah. You have to have a strong support system. Speaking from not making that good choice, it is exhausting at times. When you just need that afternoon off, Mm -hmm. when you just need somebody to talk to, um, you really need to to work on putting those parts and pieces in place for yourself because it is absolutely physically, mentally, and emotionally draining. Is it worth it? Uh, 100%. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yeah. But you you really do need to prepare yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart, your family, your, like mm-hmm. you said, get people, good people around you. Right. Uh, who are going to understand, yeah, that need in your life mm-hmm. for sure. Speak to the, oh, how do I want to put this? Just the, um, well, as we're talking about self-sacrifice, <laughs> you know, working through that system as a, you know, a newer foster family, I just, I guess I want encouragement for them. Kind of that hang in there, it gets better or just hang in there. You, you'll figure it out with just DCS and the frustrations of sometimes not being able to get a hold of your social worker or right. what would you say to that family or that, you know, foster parent? I, I would say hang in there. Yeah. Um, I, I can't promise that it's going to get better per se, but the more understanding that you have of how all the parts and pieces um, kind of come together and who, instead of the social worker, is this something I could talk to the guardian ad litem about? Mm -hmm. Is this something I could reach out to a CASA about? Mm -hmm. How do I best advocate for the needs that the child has? Um, You know, the department of child safety certainly um, has its ups and downs, right. um, but they're people too. Yes. And, uh, you know, the job is difficult and, is. Um, and trying and exhausting. And yeah. I do believe that the majority of people doing that job really have a heart for what they're doing. They want to make do. a difference. Yeah. They do want to I don't make know a why you would even try right. to do that job if you didn't <laughs> exactly yeah, want to make a difference right so i i really do believe that and but they are um spread incredibly thin yes so i i guess i would say a, a couple of things one again learn the system yeah good. reach out to your licensing worker how best do we get this information out mm-hmm. there what's the best way that is a huge resource for you as a as a foster parent and the other would be um Again, maybe talking with your licensing folks, but um, I always tried to do some mentoring of younger foster parents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the licensing worker, DCS or whomever wasn't available, 
they could call yes. and say, hey, what does this mean? I don't understand mm -hmm. what happened in this hearing. This is what was said. And so just to gain that knowledge yes. and, and this is what's going to happen next and this is what this means. That's good advice. Right? Find someone who has been there, done that, yes. been in it longer. Right. I always did that too. And I and then, like you said, I was that person for someone mm -hmm. else. I, I think that's really invaluable because a lot of times... Um, well, I, you know, experience is key. I think, it is, you know, right, really for sure. Darcy, speak to sometimes uh, foster parents with their own biological kiddos are worried about birth order. What do you, what do you have to say about that? I think it depends on. I, I don't minimize birth order to start with because I do believe that there is um, validity to that. Sure. But I think it's dependent on the personalities of each child. Of your own kids. Of your own children. Sure. Of children coming in, of the experiences that they have had. Yeah. You know, we have to remember that these children have coming into your home have really probably been raised in survival mode. Right. Um, and so that can manifest itself looking a different way, mm -hmm. bossiness, wanting to always be in charge and be demanding and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that factors into, hang on just a minute, I'm the 12 year old, you're the seven year old right. with our own children. Yes. So um, <gasps> it's it's kind of walking through it as a family, checking in with your kids. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter used to speak, my biological daughter used to speak at our trainings uh, and that component I have to tell you oh, people just latched yes. on to, to hear what was it like and what mm -hmm. and she would say my folks always took time mm -hmm. always took time to check in with us to just do that little let's do one more card game at night kind yes. of thing one more bedtime story yes. um just to just kind of for you <laughs> right just for you yeah oh mm -hmm. I love that Darcy it's unbelievable we've come to the end <laughs> <laughs> Again, doesn't it go by fast? Very fast. Yes. Oh man, I just appreciate you so much. Oh, I appreciate for what you've done in kids and bio parents' lives and our community here, and just blessed by you thank and you. your your family. So thank you, thank you for the love that you've shown and just the advice that you've given us. Real Talk listeners, it's been a joy to sit with Darcy, hasn't it? I know that she's encouraged your heart. So if you know of someone that needs to hear this episode, pass it on. Just Google Real Talk Prescott and um, you can find the website where all the episodes are. Appreciate you listening. I'm your host, Raylene Challoner, and it's bye for now. With a name like Zebrascapes, you've got to be good at what you do. So what does Zebrascapes do? Just listen. They can create the yard of your dreams. From design and installation to maintenance, weed control, irrigation and yard cleanup, to tree care services. Zebrascapes Landscaping and Services, it says it all, and they do it all. Read all about them at zebrascapes.com or get the conversation started at 928-830-4061. Zebrascapes.